the natural consequence of any obsession is passing it on to one's children. I've been collecting globes, maps, and other geographic artifacts since my itinerant childhood. Thus, it is hardly a coincidence to have been writing portions of this book while methodically assembling a thousand-piece world map with my daughter. The map is a Mercator projection named for the 16th-century Flemish geographer who sought to make maps more useful for navigation, but in the process massively distorted the scale of the extreme latitudes. Hence my daughter exclaiming, Greenland is so big, while also wondering why it was colored orange. Africa was the easiest continent to piece together. With fifty-four countries, each little jigsaw shape was full of clues, such as contrasting national colors and city names. We left the vast oceans for last, a truly frustrating slog, with hundreds of featureless pieces differentiated only by shades of blue. We passed the time discussing where the oceans are deepest, where the largest underwater mountain ranges are, and how people survive on remote islands. When the entire puzzle was complete, we carefully wrapped it in a roll of wide, transparent tape and stuck it on her wall. Taking a step back, I could easily envision how neatly all the continents were once joined together as the supercontinent Pangaea and begin to imagine how, over the next fifty to a hundred million years, they will again cluster together around the Arctic, fusing into another supercontinent scientists call Amasia. But what if we are already connecting all the continents together today? What will our planet look like once we have built seamless transportation, energy, and communications infrastructures among all the world's people and resources, when there is no geography that is not connected. A better term for it might be connectography.